That's the only way we can have peace in the midst of a storm. It's because we see it no longer from our perspective or our limited perspective. We allow the Holy Spirit inside of us to give us a broader perspective of the thing so that we can see also that this thing is just for a season. This is the last thing that I would tell you. For everything, there is a season. So no matter what you go through in life, grow through it, first of all, but it's just for a season. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and I'm super thrilled that you guys are taking some time out of your day to join us for this conversation that I know for a fact is going to bless myself and hopefully a bunch of other people. I am just, I'm excited for this episode. I don't really know how to contain this excitement, but if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I only bring on guests that I think fit a certain profile and that being faith, being perseverance, having an amazing story and just being able to translate the gospel into something that is relatable for all of us. Today's guest is someone that I believe is going to be an encouragement to all of us, and I can't wait to dive into his story with you all. He's an NFL football Hall of Famer who had a historic 16 seasons in the NFL and primarily with the Philadelphia Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to introduce you all to Brian Dawkins. Brian, thank you for coming, man. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. Excited about it. We tried to do this last week, and you know, technical difficulties are always the best way to start out a friendship. And I felt like we got to bond through that. And here we are. We persevered. Here we are on Tuesday, and we're able to make it happen. Absolutely. And it was it was about an hour long bonding experience too. So <laughs> it was. Got to meet your assistant, everything. It was the best time. And I'm not even saying, I mean, I am joking with it, but it was actually one of those things where you're like, you know what? There's always going to be a challenge and we can always rise above it, right? <laughs> always. And that's the mindset. You, the mindset that we all have to develop, it doesn't come naturally, obviously, but to develop that type of mindset is extremely powerful. Yes. And obviously we're here to talk about your story, but also you had a, have a book out. It's called Blessed by the Best. Can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of the mindset you had going into the writing sessions and such to really map your story out in this kind of way? Yeah. Blessed by the best, obviously, number one is talking about my vertical relationship. The best is also the individual's circumstances that turned out to be the best for me now. Like I looking back, I can see that that thing was painful in the moment, but it builds perseverance. Less, like the word tells us that those trials do right. So I look, I can look back over those things. But those things that I'm talking about aren't just for me. Those things that I've now have as wisdom because I've used them. I'm supposed to give those back. I'm supposed to pass that that, old, that back to other individuals. And for me, being able to being blessed to have the platform that you just spoke about, I can now really share that with a bunch of individuals who who've seen me over my career as this individual that everybody thinks probably that things have always had been easy for me. Like that's it's a cakewalk, and that's far from the truth. And so the book came from that, came from that space that I didn't think I would write a book, first of all. But now that I have, it came from that space that I wanted to share and be transparent on some of the things that I've grown through in my life. I say grown through on purpose. I didn't just go through it. I grew through it. And how me being able to reframe and reshape my past and how I see it, how that strengthens me in my present. And because of that, and because of that mindset, and I had that even as a player, 
it allowed me to visualize, visualize powerful futures and really begin to dive into things that I needed to do in order to help those futures become realities, right? So operating from a, a true place of faith. That's awesome. And I love that you talk about your vertical relationship versus the horizontal. When people think of the NFL and becoming a celebrity, um, being able to get these salaries, playing the sport you love, they're like, everything's going to be perfect. Once I get this offer, once I get the salary, once I get the girl, get to buy the house, they think that life just magically, everything that's gone bad in their life is magically going to be wiped away. But Obviously, like there are trials or tribulations that we all go through. But for you, as someone who's been in the NFL, has had those mountaintop moments for those young, um, maybe even kids or college players that are looking up to you for like the person they want to be when they get older. How can they learn from some of the things that you've gone through? What are some things that you would want to challenge the next generation of players with? And um, how can they correlate that with their faith? Yeah, and, and some of that stuff is in the book. And for you to be able to read some of the stories in detail a lot further than I'll be able to share on this on this podcast. For, yeah. for me, being a, a believer, scripture has been a very strong foundation in the life that I live and how I live my life. And what you said as you were asking the question, uh, the verse came to me about storms come against for the just and the unjust. So no matter where you find yourself, if you're in a good place or you're in a not so good place as far as your vertical relationship, storms are still going to come to your doorstep. Matter of fact, the storms came to the individual who never did anything wrong on this earth, on the face of this earth. And storms still came his way, still things he had to go through. Right. And I'm talking about Jesus. So no matter where you find yourself, you're going to go through something. Storms are going to come knock on your faith, knock on your door to test your faith. That's what they do. The storms come to knock on your door and they test your faith. But it's in those testing fields, if you will, that your faith then grows. You can grow your faith because you're not leaning on your own understanding. As another word tells us in Proverbs, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that's it. When you get out of your own way, and you begin to lean into what the God has for you, then you begin to see things different from a different perspective. And I like to say it like this, that when you see, when you look at even a, a news um, and the storm is coming and there's a huge tornado or something like that coming, right? Well, if you're in the tornado, you're going to feel all the debris, the wind, the, the noise and all of those things, right? And that's, that's a scary place. But the weather person, they're able to see it from the Doppler and you see it from the camera. You see it from a, a higher perspective and all you see is a huge swirl. Again, when you're in it, you have all the wind, the debris, the, the, but when you are, are pulled away from it from a different perspective, then you're able to see and you remove yourself from the emotion. When I say that, the emotions are what you feel when you're in it. Because it's so painful, it hurts. But when you begin to have that relationship, that vertical relationship, and it strengthens, and you're able to now lean into that understanding that he has everything under control. Even though it may seem like it's out of control, he has everything out of control. So help me see this the way that you see it, Lord God. Let me see it from your perspective. Again, that's a higher perspective. So that's the, that's the only way we can have peace in the midst of a storm. 
It's because we see it no longer from our perspective or our limited perspective. We allow the Holy Spirit inside of us to give us a broader perspective of the thing so that we can see also that this thing is just for a season. This is the last thing that I would tell you. For everything, there is a season. So no matter what you go through in life, grow through it, first of all, but it's just for a season. It's not meant to stay because that same storm that I just talked about, there is no storm that has lasted forever on the face of this earth in the natural. And so it's the same thing from a, a spiritual. There is no storm that's meant to last. Now, you can develop a mindset, a negative mindset habitually to continue to bring up pains from the past to make a situation or season last longer. But that's not God's intent. His intent is for you to go through it because if I believe if there's you're going through something, we're supposed to learn something in it. There's something we're supposed to learn about ourselves, somebody in our lives, something we're supposed to learn from it. That's why we grow, grow through some of the things that we, we go through, right? And so if, if, if that's the case, if that's the case, then those, op- those are opportunities for growth. Doesn't feel good, <laughs> but there's no opportunities for growth. And I'll stop there so you can ask some more questions, but like, that's how my, my, my mind has operated and and wrapped around my faith. And that has allowed me to have some of the success that I've, all of the success, to be honest with you, that I've had as a professional football player and now as a professional in retirement. Yeah. That's a word coach. (laughs) I mean, you, you can't, you're not going to get this anywhere else, but Brian Dawkins, I'm telling you, (laughs) come on. I'm blessed by that. Like we can end it right here, but I got more questions. Like you said, (laughs) like, come on. But before the gold jacket, before all of the accolades and being known as a football player, there was at one point, there was a boy. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey that you went through from childhood into becoming the man that you are today? Just yeah, like that's that. a, yeah, it's a, it's a story that we all have, not in common, so to speak, but we all have a story. Every last one of us have a story. Some are more seasoned in their story than others, but we all have a story. And so the beginning of this story for me is an individual who always felt that um, they were overlooked. I was never, I was not the biggest person in my neighborhood. I'm, you know, big now because I've grown and a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of work, but also some, some late, some late growth spurts um, along the way. But I would always felt that I was one of the smallest people in the neighborhood. So I always felt I had to outwork everybody in order for me to get any type of recognition, how I felt I had to outwork you. So I had to do more than you go harder than you be, you know, be more ferocious than you. Right. Because I wasn't the size. I wasn't the eye candy as as people would call it. So I always felt that. And so because of that, and because of a couple of things that my mom taught me, my my, my dad taught me some of the, the, the virtues that I have, uh, one of them by my, my dad, and this is also in the book, is whatever you start, you finish. And not only do you start and finish it, but you stay coachable the whole time. Stay coachable the whole time. And because of that, I also now put it like this, and I've already said it, that you find the nugget where you are. You give more than expected, first of all, and then you find the nugget of what you need to be learning where you are. Because sometimes we're going to be in spaces in life that you don't necessarily want to be in. 
Let's, let's just be honest. But it's my experience that when you do more than is expected of you, you grow in that space so that when you step into the next space, because of your hard work, because of your de- dedication, because of all of those things, you'll actually be even more valuable to whatever endeavor you're going to step into this in that next instance. So go harder or give more than is expected of you and stay coachable. Coachable means that a coach can look at you, look at what you're saying, critique what you're doing, and you not feel some type of way about that. You take in the good, as Bruce Lee says, that you take in the good, you spit out the bad, and you add what is uniquely you. So that's what you do. You take the good, spit out the bad, and then you add what's uniquely you to that situation. And my mom taught me how to fight. She taught me about fighting. And growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in was it was a rough spot. So at some point you're going to have to be fighting. That's just that's I'm just be honest with being real with you when it comes to that. So she told me that the rules were you don't start it, you finish it. You've probably heard that before. Mm-hmm. But not only do you finish it, you fight in such a way that they have to pull you off the person. That's how you finish it, right? So you tell it. So, so you have a individuals that's going to fight you to the last. If we get into a fight, it's going to be a fight. And so now you also have an individual that's going to finish what they start, give more than is expected, and find the nugget and uh, and and uh, yeah, find the nugget of how they can grow. That was given to me at a young age. I didn't really know what I had back then. I just knew that I was going to outwork you. I knew that if we get into a, a one-on-ones or we get in, not one-on-ones, but we get into any competition, it's going to be a long day for one of us, right? <laughs> I may lose, but it's going to be a long day for you. That's that's how I always felt about it. So that's what those conversations did for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Now that I applied that formula to high school, I, if I applied that formula to college, that formula to the pros, right? Now there's some other things that I did, but those are true, truly two foundational pieces of why why I grind and work the way that I work, why I go after things, and why why the passion in me bubbles up to to go after what the things that I say I'm going to go after, right? That's that's the foundation of me. Yeah. That's admirable. And I love what you said about staying coachable. I love everything you said, but that specifically stood out to me. In your explanation, what happens when that moment, when you start becoming uncoachable, in my opinion, or from what I've seen, it's only a downward slope. And especially when it comes to like, it it reminds me of when I was a teenager, right? And I'm like, I know everything. And then things start to get bad for you. You know, you start uh, failing in classes. Your coaches don't want to work with you, et cetera. But in your opinion, your experience, what happens when you do become uncoachable? Wow. Takes me back to the word of God as you're asking that question. Pride comes before the the fall. Pride comes before the fall. So when, when, when you begin to say that I got this, you're missing out on opportunities to grow more than what you can see. Sometimes, especially when you have a coach or somebody, they have experiences to bounce off of, of you doing what you're doing the way you're doing it and how it can adversely affect you because they've probably seen similar things in the past. So they're bouncing that off the ideas as they tell you to do something different, right? In your mind, no, I'm good. But you don't have anything to bounce that necessarily off of because you're young. We're young in those spaces, right? 
That's why it's important for you to have that, again, take the good, spit out the bad. When someone tells me, and this is, this is not easy, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. When someone tells me that I did this thing wrong, so you know, I wasn't in, pos- uh, uh, in position on the football field. You know, I was out of position, right? In that moment, you have to do this. You have to separate yourself from the mistake. You made the mistake. You're not a mistake. Sometimes we take that personal. Like I made, I'm the mistake that, no, you're not the mistake that was made. You made a mistake in that. So the coach in that in that situation is telling you something that you can get better at what's going to help you. But we have to take ourselves out of that emotional pace, place to be able to receive it. And, and this is difficult, especially when you're younger, especially when we're as teenagers or whatever. And, um, you know, parts of our prefrontal cortex has not been fully developed yet, right? The reasoning and all of those things. So we act from an emotional place. But yeah. when, when, as I began to truly understand some of these things, even back then, and even, even then I didn't necessarily like what coach was saying to me, but I had given my dad my word or I had, I believed in the, the, the advice he gave me. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't necessarily like being told that I didn't do something right. But the very fact that I could stay coachable allowed me to receive things to make me better, to help me become better so that I can become better in whatever area that I was supposed to be in. And when, when you don't allow people to help you, and there's a, the adage or the, the verse in the Bible that talks about iron sharpening iron, Think about the process of iron sharpening another piece of iron. Have you ever thought about the true process of that? No. The true process of that, of iron sharpening another piece of iron, is a lot of friction. You don't barely touch a piece of iron to another piece of iron and it gets sharpened. No, it takes friction. So in order for us to get sharper in areas, there's going to be some friction. There's going to be some things that are not going to feel comfortable in order for us to get sharper in different areas. So again, the, the revelation that the Holy Spirit, when he, when, especially when I got that, when I received that and I received that many, 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 many moons ago now, when I got that revelation, I understood that the importance of allowing the friction to happen because it's needed because oftentimes we're not going to rub ourselves in certain areas to improve on our own because it may hurt. It may be some pain involved. And just like for me, I'm an athlete. I know that you are more apt to go further in stretching when someone pushes you. I'm going to only go so far. Mm-hmm. But when I take a deep breath and I let somebody push me, I can go a little bit further than I could by myself, by someone pushing me. And it's painful. So I gave you a bunch of different analogies. But 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 yep. the point is that we aren't meant to do this thing on our own. So the thing that you have inside of you is going to be worked out of you by growing through some things, but but also by some people seeing something in you. And speaking to that thing, but 
in order to for that to happen, we got to get out of our, get out get out of our own ways and allow people to speak into our lives. Yeah. And when it comes to iron sharpening iron, it just reminds me of a coach or a mentor. And mentorship is so important, especially in I mean, I was going to say in your younger life, but I mean, now that I'm an adult, mentors, that's something that you carry on for the rest of your life. For someone who doesn't have a mentor out there, what are some words of encouragement uh, to get them to find that mentor? Where do they start the search? Where would Brian Dawkins start if you were looking right now? The, the mentors that, that, that I've had in my life, some of them didn't even know they were my mentors. And I know that's not necessarily what you're maybe speaking about. But sometimes it's someone who's doing something off at afar that you love the thing that they're doing, the way that they're doing a specific thing. These are some of the things that I talk about in my coaching. So we are three-part beings, right? Mind, some people call it soul, mind. Then you have your, your body, physical, and your spirit, right? Sometimes you'll see somebody off at afar and they're doing something that speaks to you. They speak to something in you. So if there's something that someone is doing and it speaks to you, that means that there's something in you that's waiting to be awoken, that's brought to life, so to speak. All right. For instance, one of the people, one of the people that spoke to me growing up was obviously one of them was my dad, but I won't just use my dad. Um, one of them was uh, Bob Marley. One of them was Dr. Martin Luther King. Another one was Bruce Lee, I just mentioned. Like, so each one of those individuals is something specific that I learned from each one of those individuals that has helped me be a better man. Not everything that that person did spoke to me, but specific things about the character, about the, the way that they uh, lived, loved, the way that they respected individuals, the way that Michael Jordan was another one, the way that he competed and he brought the best to everything that he did because he was trying to do things to help other people be better as well. So it's specific things that I've learned, that I've gathered, that I've modeled myself, that I've allowed to become a part of me. But here's the thing. I didn't try to duplicate them. What I did is I looked, saw what they did, loved what they did. I digested it and I created my version of it. So now it's authentically mine the way that I do it. Because I do things differently. I do. I'm a little, I have a little geekiness in me. So I'm a sci-fi dude. So like I do things a little bit different. So I go from that perspective. And so now I can articulate that and share that with other people. This is the way that I do it. And obviously I've had mentor. I had a couple of mentors that spoke into me. One of them was, was um, Emmett Thomas. He's my coach, DB coach with the Eagles. Um, but it wasn't the mentor where I went up and said, Hey, could you mentor me? Like I, I've never necessarily have done it that way. Does this make sense? Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen individuals. I've asked them questions. Obviously if I had problems, there's specific people I know that I can go through, go to, to have conversations um, older than me. And it's, I guess it's said like this also that success leaves trails. You probably have heard that before as well. So success leaves trails. So a specific things that you have, you can see from other people that you can digest and you can begin to implement your version of it. 
always, I'm going to repeat that, is your version of it. You're not trying to be somebody else. God did not make duplicates. He does not, even twins that are the same exact egg don't come out exact. They may look the same, but they are two individuals. Their fingerprints are different. So he didn't create us to be a duplicate of somebody else, right? He created us to be 100% us, but sometimes the us may see something in somebody else to add to us that brings out a new version of us that we didn't know existed. Does this make sense? Yeah, man. That's so important too. So many people get caught up in trying to be just like somebody else, but we all have our own DNA. We all have our own identities. And one thing I really want to touch on with you is there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with depression and security, especially when it comes to chasing their dreams and aspirations and their God-given callings on their life. Is mental health something that you've struggled with in your life? And if so, how have you overcome that? How absolutely. would you people to do? Yeah, absolutely. This is something that documented in a book and I've said it in my Hall of Fame speech as well. You know, I went through depression um, and self-harm, self-harms thoughts. I'll, I'll say that instead of the other word. Um, I had those and and dealt with a very dark period in my life. And it's, it's in that space that, and I say it like this, it's in that space oftentimes as you get older, you'll if young, if they're young, if they're younger of you that are watching this, you'll know what I'm talking about probably later on, probably not right now. But there are instances in our lives that we go through a dark, hurtful place. And it's when we get to the end of us that we can then that we then look up and truly just say, I, I have no more answers. I've tried everything that I thought could work and it didn't. And I'm still in this painful, dark place. And then you look up and then you just, whatever you add, whatever you send me, Lord, I'm willing to move into and do. And that's what I did. Basically, I got to the end of how I was trying to hold in the pain from the past. I wasn't talking to anybody about nothing. So I was trying to deal with the toxins of the past and not the toxins, but the hurts and some of the traumas from the past and I wasn't dealing with them. I was just stuffing them away, stuffing them, stuffing them, stuffing them, suck it up, deal with it, rub dirt on it. A man don't cry, all those type of things. You don't show your emotions and all of those things. It wasn't working. <laughs> it was a horrible formula to be using. And so when I finally got to the end of me, Emmett and my wife, Connie, basically grabbed my hand and helped me and said, no, you're going to talk to somebody because I had to. And I did. And that is when that Doppler I talked about earlier experience happened because I was in the storm. I was in the emotions and I was just, it was just nothing but pain, nothing but pain. And I got, I was so sick of the pain. And when I, but when I began to talk about some of the things, it was embarrassing at the beginning. Yes, it was. But as I got more comfortable talking about the things of my past and sharing with that individual, some of the things that I was going through that I hadn't talked to nobody about, that happened. I was able to exhale just a little bit. I wasn't just short breaths, making sure I stay strong, stay fit. No, I let some of those things out, some of those weaknesses out, right? And what, what happened was I took medication for a little while too. And what happened was my emotions quieted. 
And when my emotions quieted, I began to hear from a higher plane, my vertical relationship, some of the things I needed to start doing and some of the stuff I needed to stop doing. That's what happened. And that clarity. So I was still in the, in the, in the, in the stuff. Things were still going on around me. There was pressure, pressurized, right? But because I was removed emotionally from it a little bit, and I, I was stepping to another, a higher plane of thought spiritually, I had peace. I had peace. And it was during that time I developed the things that I do every day now. It's specific things that I do every day. Some people call it morning routines or ritual, whatever you want to call it. Certain disciplines, I call them, I do every day. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up in a state of gratitude. I'm thankful. I give thanks. Sometimes I'll literally say, a lot of times I'll literally say, basically, good morning to the Trinity. Right? I'm talking to God, but you know, I'll call each one of them out. Abba, another word for Father, Yeshua, Jesus' name, and the Holy Spirit. Right, good morning. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity. Thank you for another opportunity. And this is before my feet hit the ground. But then my feet hits the ground. Then I'll, you know, go use the restroom, drink me a little water, rehydrate. And then I go into the room. My We have a little side room here that I pray. Uh, excuse me. I'll, I'll, I'll go in order. I meditate. I pray by speaking. And then I pray by listening. Then I read my journal. Now, excuse me, I read my devotional. And then I journal. I do that every morning. Every morning. So that practice came, and I didn't start that the day after I started going to treatment. No, this has been a process that the Holy Spirit has shown me what I needed to do for me, for me to be strong mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? Not leaving no part of me to be lacking. I want to be strong physically because I still work out, right? I want to be strong physically because, yeah, so I, I spend time in the word of God. I spend time praying. And as the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. So I stay constantly trying to stay in a prayerful state of mind throughout the day to give him thanks and praise throughout the day. Matter of fact, I, I went back to doing this now. I, I sat on my phone for once an hour to give thanks. Wow. Once an hour. It, a, a reminder comes up, give thanks. So in that moment, whatever I'm doing, I'll stop. Thank you, Lord. And so sometimes it'll go, thank you, Lord, for my, my, my beautiful children, my beautiful wife. Thank you for the life. Thank you for the lives that I'm helping. Like I'll go through it into the, a place of gratitude once an hour, right? But this is what has come over that time of me spending time with God and spending time in a place to allow him to speak to me some of the things that I can do to better me. And mentally, back on the, the mental mental health side of things, this is where the enemy attacks. Mentally. If he can get into your head, if he can get you to focus on other things other than that vertical relationship, if he can get you to focus on your job only. If I get this car, I'll be fine. When I get this relation, when I have this woman or this man I'll be happy then, right? If he can get you to start chasing all of these things, no, none of that stuff will fulfill you. None of it will. Because as soon as you have that, whatever it is, you'll be longing for something else. Because that new car won't stay new always, right? 
I always True. talk about new car smell. Like that new car runs out of the new car smell. And and that new car, all of a sudden, in the first year or so, nobody could eat in it. Then I, after maybe a year, it gets a dinner or two. Now, yeah, and everybody's eating it again, right? So you're going to run out of that nostalgia. Yeah. But the, the nostalgia that never runs out is that vertical relationship. So that's why it's important for me to spend that time with God, to spend that quality time, that QT with my heavenly father, to be grateful in the morning and to journal my thoughts, journal gratitude, journal what I've read in that devotional for that day. Right. So it's different things that I do as far as journaling is concerned. And that's another thing. Journaling has been become one of the primary ways that started way back then that I now. um yeah, strengthen my mental. Working out is another one. I, working out is extremely important for those who don't know, understand that your your body rewards you for moving. It literally rewards you for moving and working out. And yet some of the most potent, I'll call them feel-good chemical combinations are produced after a very rigorous workout. And when I say workout, don't look at it as being um, treadmill. I'm not talking about treadmill. I'm talking about movement. So change workout exercise to movement. What movements do you want to do? What movements do you like? And when you do them and you, you know, you raise your, breathe a little good. When you, when, when we're breathing like that, and you're exerting yourself like that, your body, your body will reward you with those feel good chemicals that makes you want more of that going forward. All right. I know I just went long winded on that one, but I guess the, the point is that this is my formula. Don't look at what I just said and think, Oh my goodness, you do all of that. Don't look at it like that. Cause I didn't start there. I started with just journaling, uh, just devotional and praying journaling, and devotional. That's how I started. Cause I, I needed to do something because what I was doing was not working and I was on the other side of it. And I did not want to go back to that dark place. Matter of fact, my, my, my comment to myself was I'm never going back there. I'm not letting nobody take me back there. I'm not letting no situation take, I'm not letting my thoughts. I'm going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word of God. Like I'm not going back to that dark place because that junk hurt too bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, I then had to formulate things for me to get going. So start off with five minutes. I do this. It takes me, I give myself an hour. It's how long it takes me to do everything that I just talked about. That's that, if that blows your mind and you're like, no, there's no way in there when I'm doing that. Five minutes, just do five minutes. Get yourself a good devotional on the Bible app, Right. Pick one of them that maybe you're going through something. Look, look up that word and it'll give you some um, devotionals to do. Spend some time praying by talking. Spend some time praying by listening. Right. Breathe a little bit. Breathe when you're doing it. And then journal your thoughts. Journal your thoughts. Journal what you're, you're, you're getting from the devotional. Journal what you want to do that day. Like, what do you see? What, are the, what is the success you want to have for that day? Like there's a whole bunch of ways to utilize that time for for yourself. And the last thing I'll say is this. The job, I don't care how old you are, always remember this. The job, I'll use that loosely. The job that you want 
to work the hardest on is you. That's who you want to work the hardest for and on, not on your job. You want to work on you. You want to make sure that you're putting the best into you, meditating on the right things, meditating on quality things, looking at quality things, listening to quality music, surrounding yourself with quality people, right? You want to pour the best into you because ultimately you can't give from an empty container. So if you're not pouring into you and then life comes and that storm comes, your foundation is built on nothing. You have nothing to withstand that storm when it comes. But when you're having all this quality placed in, placed in you, then when that storm comes, you'll be able to stand firm in the word, firm in your faith, knowing that once again, this too shall pass. But I'll stop there so you can ask some more questions. No, that's there's so much wisdom and vulnerability that you've shared throughout this whole episode and mostly in the book. But God's been writing this story in your life since you were born. And it's crazy to think about like, for me, like I've never been the biggest dude. So I could totally relate with that insecurity and not being like the eye candy, you know? And I love what you said about Michael Jordan and Bruce Lee and all of the people that you looked up to. You don't, you don't want to be them. You're taking great traits that they had and you're applying them to yourself. And that's what this show is built on. I want to showcase people that have amazing journeys, have amazing things to share with the world, have built their life on a faith standpoint for us to be able to listen, reflect. And if there's something amazing that we could take into our lives, that without that right there, this Trevor Talks thing would not exist. Mm. That's what this is. Like, I know for a fact, I'm going to take the perseverance aspect that I've learned from you today and apply that into my life and journaling and being like these are, there's just so much that we could take from this, especially the physical and mental health. Like people don't understand how much physical health has to do with mental health and vice versa. Hydrate yourself, be active. And uh, like you said, like you don't, you don't have to go run a mile right now, yeah. like work into it. Doesn't have to be an hour. Walk. Start with five minutes, Walk. maybe step into your purpose. Yeah. We're all blessed by the best, whether we want to admit it or not. It's time to go after it. God's God's mapping it all out. Yeah. He's mapping all out through your story. He's placing it all in our lives. And I feel like there's only one way we could really end this episode, and that's opening up the floor for you to showcase the women in your life. In the book, you talk a lot about your mom and the women who invested in you. Um, so would you mind sharing with us about those women? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the first would be, well, obviously my mom, the reason why I'm <laughs> here, right? Um, but my mom is a fighter. Like she, she, she literally is a fighter. She was grew up in a tough environment in North Carolina when, when, when she was young. Father, father and mom separated, so she basically had to raise her her siblings. Um, so that's been my mom. So the disciplinarian in the house was not my dad necessarily; it was my mom, right? But my mom has survived breast cancer now. She has survived three strokes now, right? So it's like she literally is a fighter, right? She, she's a fighter. So teaching me how to learn, me learning how to fight came from the person who have fought all of these things off and, and still in a right mind and, and still able to move, not as fast as she used to, obviously, but still able to move. And she's in her in her 70s now. So like powerful example of fighting, 
Mm. Powerful example of fighting, not just for herself, but for her family. Like powerful example. And then my, my my grandmom, I call her Saint Dawkins. She is one hundred and four now. Right, she's one hundred and four now. Right? Wow. Yeah. So, but in my grandmom, I learned basically. I got a chance to see what a believer looked like. Like what a believe, how a believer believer handled life, handled stress. I've never, never seen her lose herself in anger. I'm not saying she can't be stern. I've asked my uncles and aunts to say my dad the same thing. Like, have you ever? Has grandma ever cursed? No, no, she doesn't do that. Like, so I've 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 seen what control looks like. I've seen what grace looks like. I've seen um, coming out of that household. My my um, grandma and my grandfather's household, seven kids in one of the roughest areas in Jacksonville. And out of that house came uh, four doctors, a CPA, and two quality individuals into society. One of them is, is my dad, right? Came out of that household in one of the toughest environments in Jacksonville, right? A lot of that has to do with that woman, how she prayed with them, prayed for them, kept them in, you know, kept them in church, right? Kept them going to the, the uh, Sunday school. And, but I learned so much from just watching her live life and the peace in her house. Oh my goodness. The peace in her house was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So here's, here's a lot of things I took from my grandma. But one of the things that I've taken from her is I want that same peace in my house. I want when people come to our house that they come into our house and be like, wow, man, it's whew. like I want them to come into our house and get all of a sudden just get sleepy, right? Mm. Because there's so much peace in the house that they can leave the stress out the door, right? So that means I need to be carrying myself, praying over the house, and I'll give this to you and everybody else. I pray over this house once a month. And I walk in every room and I pray over this house. Every once, I'm, obviously, I'm praying throughout the, the the month, but I'm specifically I walk into every room once a month, the first of every month, and pray over this house. Right, that's my calling as a man. That's what I'm supposed to do over my house. But again, a lot a lot of the things that I do, how I do it, it initially started by watching and modeling my grandma and how she treated people, living living the life like the Bible tells us. Right, treating people as you would want to be treated. Right, I saw that example in her. And then finally, I end up with my, my beautiful wife, Connie. Um, I tell her all the time, she doesn't believe me. And I thank her. Like, I thank her for choosing me. Like, I, I never saw myself being with someone like her. Like, I, I, I never, I, I, I literally, in my mind, as, as the saying goes, outkick my coverage, right? I totally yeah. outkick my coverage, like, when it comes to her. But she has such a huge heart. And the way that I was introduced to going to church um, was different from her experience of being in church. I, I, I never saw, and this, this is in the book, I, I had never seen the fruits of the spirit operating. It's people speaking in tongue, people being you know, kind of slain in the spirit, you know, laying prostrate, praying. I had never seen that, right? Because I grew up Catholic. So I, I, I never saw, but, but, but what that did 
and being introduced to her, being introduced to her, what she knew about um, uh, the Bible, I had questions. I became curious, like, what is this that I don't know? So it literally, I believe she was brought into my life to help me go to another level and who God had called me to be, right? But also, she's the love of my life. Love her. Mm. If had she not stepped up her and Emmett, I would not be here, literally. Brian, this is there's so much wisdom that you've shared with us today. And thank you for being vulnerable with us. And it's refreshing to see someone who's had the success that you've had reflect it back to God. You deflect it from yourself, which is admirable. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing with us. And everybody that's listening to this right now, Blessed by the Best is available on Amazon and wherever else you buy books. And Brian's socials and websites will all be in the website um, in the description below. And if you're streaming this on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Music or any other audio streaming platform for the after show with my friend Brian Lane at the end of this episode. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Wow. What Dude, a freaking conversation that was. <laughs> the guy is incredible. I mean, I think this is probably my favorite podcast that you've done. No disrespect to all the other amazing people that you've had on your show. But like, if you were to listen to that, I mean, it's like one nugget of wisdom after another. And you're like, okay, I think I'm on full. Where can I stash the rest of this now? <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, a, that's a huge compliment too. Like he's also the first NFL player that we've had on. So for him to be a hall of famer, um, 16 consecutive seasons, Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best that's ever played in the league. Like it's crazy to even think about this guy. He reminds me of a high school football coach, even though I didn't play high school, you know, those movies like uh, facing the giants and all that good yeah. stuff where you have that one coach that's just champion uh, you onto the finish line or whatever they call them daggum things that help you win a football game. You know what I'm saying? You know, being at that level of competition and having that level of achievement and then to be able to turn around after you're retired and you can just hang it up and say, you know what? I'm done. It's cool. I'm going to live off the pension. I'm going to just vacation. But in, he didn't do that. Yeah. Instead, he decided, you know what? I've been so blessed and I want other people to experience the same blessing that I have. And I want to show this to people that it's possible that no matter what kind of circumstances you're facing, no, what, no matter what kind of adversity is in your life with the right mindset and the right practice, anything is possible. Yeah, especially when you're blessed by the best, right? hundred <laughs> percent. I love that. I love that title of the book. You, you want to know what's crazy is towards the end of the podcast when he, you asked him about the women in his life. Yeah. And yeah. this dude's big, right? He's jacked up, cock diesel, as they say. And, you know, you're, you're looking at the guy, but this dude is on the, on the verge of tears talking about his mom and talking about his wife. And it's just so beautiful how he can just attribute everything back uh, to the beginning. Um, I think he was talking about his grandma too, or was yeah, he talking about yeah. both his mom and grandma? I, I think talking he about talked all the about women in all his life, of, man. All, all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, this one part where he's talking about the peace in the home, bro, like that's what I want. I think that's everybody. Everybody wants to come home and it feel like home where the wa world just melts away at the door. Yeah. Man, I want that. I want that. It's refreshing to hear. And one common thread that I see is everyone searching for peace, man. Yeah. Just to find that stillness and even, even in the good times, but especially in the storms, you know, OJC down in the bow of the ship during the middle of the storm, he's snoozing. OJ or JC? 
OJC. <laughs> oh, OG Bobby Johnson. No, we're talking about uh, OJ Simpson. Uh, Yeshua Hamashiach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But he's he, in the he, boat. He's in the boat. He's chilling. He's sleeping. He's snoozing because he knows ultimately it all rests in the Father's hands. And that no matter what, no matter what the outcome is, he's going to be okay. Come on. Oh, man. So that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful piece. And I, I think that we all want that, especially you and I. You've seen what I've been going through yeah, this last yeah. season. And that's another thing that he was talking about. Seasons. Yeah. And so like that was incredible. It's insane to think about like we have mentors, we talk about mentors, but when you get older, you're like, I don't really want to listen to this person, right? You have that ego battle that you have. I had it probably, I mean, you, I think you actively have it in your head, right? I was about to say like when I was 22, like I'm an old man or something, but I'm 24. (laughs) So like recently, like I've had where I'm like, you know what? You don't know everything, dude. Like you you have to tell yourself that daily. Uh, One thing. I was telling you about that book that I was listening to on Audible by Mel Robbins, where she's like high five in the mirror. And I'm like, why? Like a whole book on that. Why? (laughs) But you think about the simplicity of it and self-help, all that good stuff is it's necessary at times for seasons, right? Like I pray that this show is going to continue to bless people and that they stick around for the long haul. But I totally get it. If this is a seasonal show for you, if you need the encouragement, you need to hear people's stories, just know when you get, if you get back into that season, we're going to be here for you. Um, We're not planning on going anywhere. So it's only going to go up from here. Dude. Seasons are, are key because when you're in the storm and you you're, you're feeling it and you know, I've been in a storm the last quarter or so and, just dealing with my own stuff. And, and, and he even nailed it when he said, when you get out of the way, <laughs> when you get out of the way and just surrender it, surrender the outcome, surrender it all. It's that's when God can really have his perfect effect. And then not only that, or do his perfect work, not only that, it just gives you that peace. Yeah, It's not up to you anymore. This, this episode, I think, will bless people, uh, and not even just the episode, just the message that's involved in it. And like I say a lot, I try to anyway. Right. These episodes aren't about me. Like we want to, we want to help people overcome obstacles in their life. Or if you're from a tiny town, I want you to know that you don't have to stay in a tiny town, but it's also not a burden to stay in a tiny town. Like you can be that hidden gem in your community. You can be the person that makes a huge impact in your small workspace. It's, it's not about changing the world as a whole. It's these tiny steps and the people that make an impact right where they are, take comfort in who they're created to be and quit chasing the, uh, the quote unquote American dream, which happens to be a rat race. So if you're listening to this, and you're from a tiny town like me, social circle. Yeah, you can stay there, but you don't have to be afraid to dream big. Just to add more to what you're saying, if it's God's destiny and purpose for you, and you surrender to that destiny, you surrender to God's will, you could be living in the tiniest of towns, mm-hmm. and God's going to lead you yep. to where you need to be. And surrendering to that destiny, it's, it's, it's the difference between push and pull. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're always pushing, 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 working really hard, trying to get somewhere. But when we stop and allow God to pull us towards our destiny and we surrender that God, wherever you want me to be, I don't care if it's Alaska. I don't care if it's Brazil. I know you have my best interests at hand and that you're not going to hurt me. I trust you fully. 
that's when the pull starts to happen. He starts to pull you into situations and pull you into rooms that you had no business being in and pull you into places and into position ultimately. And yeah. that's, that's, that's key to everything. And I wish I could practice what I preach because a lot of times I find myself struggling with the very thing of trying to push my way into things when God's trying to pull me into things. That's a relatable thing. I totally relate with that. I've even found myself like pushing myself into the wrong place and just finding myself exhausted. <laughs> Bro. Right. Yeah. It's like running in place. Yeah. Like you think this is a spot you're supposed to be in. So you're pressing for it. But then you think like, did I even ask God if I'm supposed to be here? And then I didn't. And you find yourself like that green grass that looked a whole lot greener at the beginning Bro. starts to burn. Right. And it's yeah. terrible. It's, it was bad. Like, so I think that's what Lot and Abraham had a situation. Abraham trusted in the promises of God and Lot trusted in what his eyes could see. And so Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> the grass is greener and Abraham chose the will of God. And we see how that story played out. And a lot of times when we're running in place, we just exhaust ourselves and God's just waiting for us to chill. We don't have to know the next move. We don't have to know the next step. We don't have to know exactly what's going to happen next. But if God is leading us, I promise you there's going to be some milk and honey at the end of that tunnel. At the end milk of that and honey. <laughs> Milk uh, and honey. Dude, Crowder's album, Milk and Honey. He even dude. came on the show and talked about it. You should go dude. listen to that episode if you're listening to this. Yeah, big that Crowder was fan such, We're huge Crowder fans. He, uh, That album, Milk and Honey, that was funny you said that because that's a friggin slapping album <laughs> it's so good slapping just slapping bro i mean this has been an exciting podcast and um i'm just like i said i feel privileged to be here so i'm always grateful that you have me on on the after show i'm excited and, for next uh, week yeah bro and, and if y'all have not left a review on the podcast please do so it, it makes a huge difference and uh, it, it helps us with visibility. It helps us with ranking. It helps us get the message out there. And uh, you can find Trevor everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Getter. If you can think of it, I'm pretty sure he's there besides MySpace for some Pivot. Oh, yeah. Even Pivot. Pivot. He's on Pivot. <laughs> and uh, you can go like and subscribe and just be an active part of the community. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Leave a question. Hit him in his inbox if it's personal. Or we'll answer the question anonymously. Um, but let's, let's all get together. Let's all be a part of this and let's all build this awesome community and continue pushing, uh, these messages forward. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, we hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.